Hello and welcome to the Idea to Start a Podcast. I'm Brian Scordato and it is holiday week 2021. It's been a long year, but you've stuck with us through Hemsworth jokes and half-baked gluten-free pasta ideas and never-ending ruby anecdotes and firewood and treading water and vertical farms and inertia and quibby, all to make your startup better or better prepare you for when you do take the plunge. Congrats and thank you. As I mentioned last week, the last two episodes of 2021 will be repeats. They're the most listened to episode of the year, which was last week, and my favorite episode of the year, which is this week. The episode we'll play today is my favorite of the year by far, and it wasn't even close, because I think the lesson is the most helpful one I've ever learned. Since recording the pod, the lesson has come up hundreds of times. I've gotten probably hundreds of emails and texts about it. It resonated, and I want to keep it in my mind going into next year. The last pod of 2022 is Sell the Position. And the episode is brought to you by the Tacklebox membership, of which I'll give you the hard sell one last time because I do think it can be the difference for you in 2022. After seven years and 350 founders that showed up with an idea and have now built businesses worth over a billion dollars combined, I've got news. We put everything we learned from those seven years and 350 founders into our new and now only product, the Tacklebox membership. It's a monthly membership that gives you access to the structure, strategy, and network you need to build your business idea right. It's a clear step-by-step path with metrics from idea to product. It's the thing I would have killed for when I was starting a business back in 2007. And you can start today. If you've got a full-time job, the program is built for you to make progress in the margins until you're ready to switch over to your business full-time. As mentioned, you can start Tacklebox anytime. There are no more cohorts, just a community of people building stuff, running tests, and following the path. Join today to join that community. For anyone that starts before the end of January, you'll get 40% off the monthly cost for life. We'll probably never do a deal like this again, but in the spirit of the episode and the spirit of the new year, we're doing it. We want to launch 500 businesses next year. Got to start somewhere. So if you want that clear path, accountability, and the framework to test and build an idea, it'll cost you about 200 bucks a month. And it can turn into something that changes your life. Head to gettacklebox.com and use the code BUILD in 2022 to start. And if you do, I'll see you at the next Wednesday strategy session. Today, we're going to talk about a technique that'll get you unstuck. But first, I've got to tell you about the most terrifying conversation I had at my wedding. I got married recently, and when you get married, the weeks and months following are filled with reflecting on the big day. Pictures, conversations, dancing. One unexpected moment stood out. In fact, it popped into my mind so often that I'd emailed sell the position to myself six different times over the past three weeks. So here's the story. Sell the position. If you've gotten married before, you know that you've kind of got a swagger the whole weekend. You're the star of the show. Lines sporadically form around you where people wait patiently to tell you how great you are, and then they covertly stuff envelopes with money into your pocket. I'd imagine this is how a Duke basketball recruit feels. If you didn't get that joke, I'm referring to the fact that they cheat. Anyway, during cocktail hour, I got smacked off my pedestal when I met one of my parents' friends who'd been way, way high up at a bank and was since retired. She was sharp as hell, hilarious, and wildly intimidating. I defaulted to my safe space, which is just asking a lot of questions. I learned that she'd ran teams that outperformed every year she worked there, eventually rising to the tip top of the food chain. 
I asked a question that felt simplistic and dumb the second it left my mouth, but I was about four cab salves and a tequila shot, thanks Uncle Dan, deep, so I won't be too hard on myself. And I'm sure glad I did. The question I asked was, what do you think was most responsible for your teams doing so well? Without missing a beat, she said, selling the position. I asked what she meant, and she told a story, which I'll tell you after some jazzy music. The idea to start a podcast is brought to you by Tacklebox. We accelerate ideas into real companies through our product, the Tacklebox Method, and we play smooth jazz and run through startup tactics every Wednesday on the Idea to Startup podcast. And with that, let's go. Before the jazz music, we left off at me feeling like a Duke basketball recruit, again because they pay their players and cheat, and speaking with a woman who rose to the top of the bank. I'd asked what her secret was, and she said selling the position and told me the story. The story went like this. People on her team were responsible for making money. The way they made money was through investment strategies, buying specific stocks or a basket of stocks or some other financial instrument. They'd have to defend these positions to her relatively frequently because the opportunity cost was so clear. That money could be invested elsewhere. They had to prove they were managing it well. They'd often defend their tanking positions passionately. They needed more time to turn, or this bad break had kept the position out of the money, or adding more money was the play, or one of a hundred other excuses. She'd always reply the same way, sell the position, sell every last dollar, then go home and go to sleep. When that person woke up in the morning, they had the resources to buy back their position if they wanted to. If they did, she wouldn't bug them about it again. But nearly every time someone sold the position, they didn't end up buying it back. She told me that people value what they have double what it's worth, something we know to be called loss aversion. That the second they were free of the position being something they owned, they saw it for what it was, which was usually not the best opportunity out there. The positions her employees did buy back were almost always winners. They were the real opportunities. Her teams outperformed year after year, and now she lives in a giant house. So what's this got to do with you and your startup and being stuck? When I was building Find Your Lobster, a Facebook-driven mobile dating app that looked a ton like Tinder and Hinge but was eight months earlier than them and made me nearly enough money to get a Subway sandwich, I clung to things. Specifically, some early things that I thought I'd done really well. The brand for Find Your Lobster was our biggest asset. It was funny, it was designed well, and it was approachable. The app itself was clever. I'd spent a ton of time on the copy, on the emails you got while you were onboarded, on the messages you got when you matched, on the profile categories, on all the finishing touches. We got some early traction and I got endless compliments on the brand and the copy. People laughed at my emails and forwarded them around. It felt good. And then Tinder and Hinge launched. They were far superior products. I hadn't really built Find Your Lobster for anyone specific. It was just an A plus B sort of thing. Most people I knew who were dating wanted to meet a friend of a friend. It was really hard to do that. Facebook made it really easy to do that. There were no dating apps that linked to Facebook. Cram it all together and you've got a thing. Kinda like a whisper idea, if we're being honest. These other teams were professionals. They executed at a level I just wasn't at. Tinder was funded. Hinge was focused. Find Your Lobster was funny. We lost all our momentum as competitors were better at doing what our customers wanted the product to do. They were much better at getting in front of new customers. 
and growth compounded and we slipped further and further behind. And that is when I should have sold the position. Maybe not literally, but the mental exercise would have been enough. If I'd gone into a room with a whiteboard and said, let's pretend I have nothing right now, absolutely nothing, and I could work on anything, would I choose this, this specific opportunity? Would I be executing the way I'm executing? Is this the use of my time that returns X? And maybe most importantly, what is X for me? X is tough. For my intimidating wedding friend, X was relatively easy. For bankers, the thing you do is make money. That's how you're valued. That's what you're measured on. That's what you live for. When I was 27 and building a dating app back in 2011, what was X for me? The biggest opportunity, the fastest way to raise money, the problem I wanted to solve, the most likely business to get off the ground and become profitable? X is tough, but mentally selling the position and saying, what is the best use of my time? Rather than banging my head against the ever-growing and strengthening barricade that was tender and hinged for loss aversion reasons, or because I thought I'd done relatively good work to that point, all of that was pointless. The thing I've realized is sometimes work that's great in a vacuum is exactly that, great in a vacuum. There's a story by Seth Godin I think about a lot. I'll link to the exact post in the show notes, but the paraphrase is, sometimes we get on the wrong bus, but that's not the problem. Because humans are pretty good at noticing we're on the wrong bus. We usually notice immediately. But then the bus is warm, and it's getting dark outside, and we've got a great seat. And so we maybe convince ourselves that staying on the bus will work itself out, that staying on the wrong bus will somehow make it the right bus. Because hey, this bus is nothing to sneeze at. Objectively, maybe it's a great bus. Who do I even think I am anyway, getting off this perfectly good bus? And so we stay. If I had sold the position in 2011, I would have likely built a dating app solely for ex-college athletes. I ran some tests with that market, ex-college athletes who only wanted to date other ex-college athletes. We got a ton of traction. That app was better for ex-college athletes than Hinge or Tinder ever could be. If I'd sold the position of the exact product I'd been working on, I would have bought back into the market with extreme focus. Maybe it would have worked. The title of the podcast is about getting unstuck, and I think selling the position should be your first step to do it. Feeling stuck, something we've heard people say a ton lately, is likely your own doing. We're stuck because we overvalue what we have and aren't willing to part with it, which means we're stuck with it. It's something we do to ourselves, though it can feel like something the world does to us. My wedding friend's employees thought they were stuck with a position just because they'd chosen it, so they defended it. My friend removed the burden and they made better choices. What would your world look like if you sold the position? Would you buy back into what you've got? Or are there better opportunities out there for you to get to X? Maybe a better place to start with is what is X? What do you want all of your actions to build towards? Then sell your positions. What will get you towards X the fastest? And one last time, in case you didn't pick up on it, Duke basketball is a bunch of cheaters. Have a great week. This was the Idea to Start a Podcast. If you've got a startup idea and you've got a full-time job and you want to get going on it, head to gettacklebox.com and click on the Tacklebox method.